Hey everybody, welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. I'm Beatrix. And I'm Kat. And today, we have an awesome guest. Tati Richardson is joining us, an up-and-coming writer. Uh, We talk about so many cool things, her process with writing, the podcast that she has, Romance in Color, and we just have an overall good time. So tune in, like always. And then come find us on IG at Tall Dark Fictional. That's Tall Dark Fictional with no and. Or on Twitter at TDF Pod. We are slowly but surely getting more followers on there. So I think I, I think we have 37 Twitter followers. And I would just like to give everyone a round of applause for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and you can find me, Beatrix, uh, on both Twitter and Instagram at Beatrix Strand. And you can find me, I'm Kat, at CatWynAuthor. That's C-A-T-W-Y-N-N-A-U-T-H-O-R. You can find me on most platforms on that name. There you go. So go. Listen. All right. Enjoy the episode. Listen to Tati. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Tatiana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. Or Tati. Tati. Tati's fine. Right off the top, do you want to drop some socials real quick so people know who you are? Hi, everyone. I'm Tati Richardson. Uh, I am a romance writer and podcaster over at Romance and Color. You can find me on social media pretty much everywhere under the same handle. It's Richard Writes on, a little play on Richard Wright. Uh, Richard um, and Wright, W-R-I-T-E-S-O-N. So Richard Writes on. And our podcast is Romance and Color, and that is Color with a U. And we are Romance and Color on IG. And on Twitter, because somebody else had the handle. We have mismatched handles. It's fine. You know, no shade to them because they were out first. But romance and in and color, C-O-L-O-U-R. So that's where you can find me pretty much everywhere on, on socials. Uh, I have a TikTok, but I'm not going to talk about my TikTok because it's kind of raggedy. Oh my God, talk about your, <laughs> talk about your TikTok. Tell us it's about so, TikTok. It's, so I blame my podcast partner, Yakini, who's not on here, but... Um, I blame her for getting me into TikTok in the first place. At first, I was like, I'm just going to sit back and just, you know, look, I, you know, I'm too old for this. You know, this is for the kids. That's what I was thinking. This is what happens with TikTok. All of a sudden, I got into it. And then I started making freaking TikToks. And then I was like, okay, now I can't stop scrolling on TikTok. It's, I'm obsessed. Like, I've gone in there specifically to connect with, like, quote, unquote, book talk. And, you know, trying to, you know, reach out to other podcasters and writers of color and stuff like that on on TikTok and see what they're interested in and what they like to read. And because we do tons of book recommendations and stuff on a podcast. And so I go on there right. looking for books, too, that I may have, you know, missed out on. And it's been it's been cool. But, you know, I'm not going to put my raggedy TikTok. I got to I got to rebrand, y'all. I got to get together and rebrand it. <laughs> Cause it was disagree. Disagree. (laughs) Well, you know what's not? You know what's not? Definitely not raggedy. The photo you have pinned at the top of your Twitter, which I was like, the one that says like how romance really looks. You know what you think? Oh yes, that 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 came from like like a little silly viral thing I did. And it was so silly. It was just like off the, you know, just being silly one day. And I was like, you know, people think romance writers really look like this, but really, I, you know, I really am most of the time in a hoodie. And you know, this is a work day. Yeah, that one. Yeah, (laughs) most times I'm in a hoodie and and you know, with my coffee or my rosé or whatever I'm drinking, and you know, writing or whatever in my little cave or recording the podcast in, in my office. And it was so wild to me that I had like other writers that I like admired that were retweeting it. 
and stuff like that. And then I knew I had fucking made it when Beverly Jenkins retweeted it. And I said, okay, well, I can die and go to heaven now. Because, I mean, who else Who else needs to see that? Like, seriously, right. Tal- Talia Hibbert and all these other people that I, like, like admire. And I was like, so, you know, I can just die now. I can die. Just, I, I can die. Now. A happy yeah. death, you know. <laughs> who took the picture? I, I'm sure you've talked about it before on other places, but who took the picture for you? Like, what? what's the story here? So I took the picture of myself. I actually took the picture to be very tongue-in-cheek to my husband and was like, you know, honey, this is what people think I look like when I write. Ha, 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 ha. Mm. And I didn't think I was going to, you know, do anything with it. And then one day I was like, you know, let's just, I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm, <laughs> I did not think people were gonna like a hundred and something people were gonna retweet okay, it. Okay, you can see why this picture went viral. Please, everybody, just go look. Go look right now. You know this is an go audio look. medium. Go look at her Twitter right now, and you can see why it went viral. What a great picture! I truly only relate to the person in the hoodie. Yes. I don't know. I don't know who the other one is. Trust me, I am the. I am most times. I am the chick in the hoodie. False. So I'm like always seeing your your pictures on Instagram and you are always turning a look every time I appreciate I mean, that I mean I get bored with my looks and stuff and you know my hair is gonna change every you know couple days and my lipstick's gonna change every couple days and stuff like that I just get bored creative types yeah that's exactly yeah. what it is and when I turned 40 I was like well you know I might well just start changing up my look you're just channeling different MCs you're like I'm gonna be this MC exactly I am going to be the heroine in my story one thing I love that you do your personal kryptonite list uh crap, yeah, <laughs> that. everyone go check that out what was the one I was black turtlenecks on men okay so the, the black turtlenecks on men is a recent one because I actually was on TikTok see TikTok again and I saw this guy, and he was so damn sexy. He was tall and good looking. He had like all this, all like all black and a black turtleneck. And I said he looks like a fucking sexy ninja. And I was like, oh my god! I said he's just so everything. I said that's that's a new one. It goes on the list. But I have personal kryptonite list. It's, it's funny. You know, one of my guy friends was like, everything's your personal kryptonite. I said that's not true. You aren't. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's cute, but. I was just like, no, um, you know, just start, you know, certain things, you know, kind of turn me on and you never know. I might work those things into a future manuscript. Exactly. You definitely will. Yeah. The turtleneck, turtleneck is definitely going in there. It's like when you're reading romance and you're like unlocked a new king. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it was. I want to ask you a little bit about like how you got into romance, if we can do that, like sure. also and talk about your podcast. But first I wanted to ask you, do you have any good book recs right now? Oh man. So like I was saying to uh, my podcast partner, so because of the things I'm, that I'm doing now, I'm kind of slowing down on reading. Mm-hmm. But I just finished uh, Gia DeCadene's Getting His Game Back, which was awesome. So good. I recommend that. And I'm not just saying that because she was on my podcast, <laughs> but because she's, it was actually excellent. It was her debut with um, Penguin Random House. Nice. And I also finished a very sweet book. I, you know, normally I'm not a sweet romance person, but I finished, I think it's Digging Up Love uh, by Chandra Bloomberg. I just finished that. Super, super cute. Everybody read those books. Good Rex. Thank you. We we are bad about recommending books because I, well, I don't know. Were you going to say like, you don't, do you not re- uh, read as much when you write? Yeah, I don't read as much when I'm, ri- when I'm writing. So like when I am like 
tunnel vision and I'm writing, I don't read as much. And I told myself in 2022, because I have all these like grand plans about around writing and, and, you know, trying to decide what I'm going to do in that arena, that I'm probably not going to read as much as I did in, in the previous years. But I still read a lot. I mean, but it's, it's still not going to be as much as I was reading before. Sometimes when you're writing and you start reading other people's stuff, it kind of trickles down and filters into what you're writing sometimes. Yeah. And I, I don't want, I don't want that to happen. I don't want anybody to accuse me of plagiarizing anybody's style or anything like that. So I just kind of pull back, you know, reading other people's stuff. All right. So here's a question we ask everybody. Okay. Uh, what got you starting reading romance? So my romance origin story. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. When I was, well, I've always, I was always a pretty much a voracious reader growing up started reading super super young like two three years old oh my god really young okay <laughs> yeah crazy two three years old reading and my mom um she never said something was off limits to read you know i could read if it was in the house i could read it so she had a bevy of you know um books um she was an english major so she had but a bevy of like you know african-american lit books and other books and shakespeare and all this other stuff in the house right so i kind of cut my teeth at first on like just straight kind of women's fiction so the tony morrison's and the terry mcmillan's and stuff like that so when i was probably a teenager i'd say 12 13 something something around there i went to the public library a lot i like lived in the public library and I think I picked up a copy of Night Song by Beverly Jenkins. And then after that, I was like, okay, I really like romance. And like two things were happening at the same time. I think I picked up a copy of Night Song. And then I picked up a copy of Kindred at the same time. Uh, Octavia Butler. So these two kind of things were going on at the same time. My love of science fiction was increasing mm-hmm. and my love of uh, romance too. So I, you know, started reading all types of romance. And, you know, back then in the you know early 90s 2000s you know back then there weren't a lot of african-american romances you know publishers weren't pushing them out like that it wasn't until like the mid-90s early aughts that we started getting like the kamanis and the avons and all this stuff where they were pushing out a lot of african-american romance and i just sought to read a lot of that that's what i did kind of cut my teeth on Beverly jenkins and sharon cooper and uh, rochelle ellers and all these other people on down the line in addition to my love of like i'm very i'm a very geeky person so uh, my love of sci-fi and all that stuff mm-hmm. so um all that, that like i said that was kind of going on at the same time so that was kind of my foray into just straight up romance stuff and like i said my mom never said oh my god these books are too grown for you to read particularly like beverly jenkins because she probably just thought i was reading a western you know what I'm saying? Because it's just what it looks like. Yeah, it looks, it looks like a, you know, and she was really into Western. So my mom was like the gun smoke bonanza. You know what I'm saying? My parents, you know, you know, they used to love to watch that kind of stuff. And so, you know, they looking at the cover, probably thinking, oh, she's reading Lonesome Dove. You know, <laughs> I wasn't reading Lonesome Dove. You're I'm, like, that is not what it was. Like, no, ma'am. I mean, it, it is a cowboy. Most of the times they were kind of cowboy romances. And I and I was drawn to that. Cause I, I still love cowboy romances because remember my kryptonite list, cowboys. So um, I, I absolutely love cowboys. And so I would read a lot of Western stuff like that. Like I said, nothing was off limits. And so I just devoured, just started devouring romance. But I kind of went away from it for a while. Got into my English program. Thought I would do serious literature, you know what I mean? Sure. 
mm-hmm. and um, you know, went off to grad school and got my master's in writing and editing. So I thought I was going to be a book book editor. And I was going to, I think I'm going to find, I'm going to be like Tony Morrison and find the next big thing. But that never happened. <laughs> that never happened. I never worked in publishing. I realized now I don't think I want to be on that side of the mm-hmm. equation, right? I kind of left that, went to a PhD program. I was like, oh, well, then I'll just, you know, focus my uh, writing on um, science fiction because, you know, I'm going to write about Octavia Butler and Samuel Delaney and all these other science fiction writers. But I was profoundly unhappy doing it. Like, you know, I'm I'm researching. And there were other factors going on along with that. I, I don't necessarily have to get into that. But um, I was profoundly unhappy trying to write about science fiction and stuff, even though it was something I absolutely loved. It just didn't make me happy. But what made me happy was picking up a romance and diving into it. So I just went right back to, you know, reading and writing you know, romance. So I know it's a very long-winded story, but uh, <laughs> you are literally our guest. Please talk as much as you so, like. So, um, yeah. So that's how kind of my love of romance just, you know, got started as a little tween in the in the stacks of the the Cab County uh, Public Library. So did mine. Mine too. See, we're library. We're li- We're all library friends. <laughs> This oh is, yeah this is what happened. we're library nerds yeah all the of library. us library nerds sitting there with our noses deep in romance yeah yeah and then you know the librarians i was like you finished that one i got another one you know she's mm-hmm. like i got another one for you i don't remember that lady's name but i can see her face so well but she's always like well i, I put this one away because i knew you were going to come back and get this one so I, I had this one for you so those are cool those are cool days yeah i had the same kind of experience with like my parents were really strict mm-hmm. and not the greatest but they would let me read whatever i wanted mm-hmm. so it was like that was never filtered and i think mm-hmm. that's how I developed an interest in writing too. Is yeah. It was like, whatever these people are doing in the, between these pages is like, I want to create that. Mm-hmm. Like I want to give people the feelings they're giving me. Yeah. I have a little girl and she also is a voracious reader. Like she's the same way. Of course. And I don't, I, I, you know, she comes in my office and she'll pick up a book and I really don't tell, you know, she can't read some of the words, you know, she's mm-hmm. six. But she'll say, well, what is this book about? And I'll tell her. She's like, oh, it's about love. So she'll put it back. <laughs> you know, what is this book about? It's about love, too? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Precious. So, you Precious. know. But then she'll just go to the comics. The comics I got over here. So she'll just go to those. Are you ready, though, for when she's she's ready to read them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be excited. I'll just like, we have to read this one. But you have to read this one first. I can just see me doing that. You're going to be her librarian. Probably, probably. I'll be so excited, though, for her to get into it. Let me ask them, what is what is your personal taste in romance fiction? Like, what do you like to read? And what is a, a no-go or something? In, do you not finish a book? Do you DNF a book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are, there are, there are plenty of books that I DNF. Give, give me the details on this. What do you love and what do you hate? <laughs> I would say hate is a strong word. I will 100% hate, but that's... <laughs> I will say I am not drawn to something. Okay, right. I'll put it to you that way. I'm not drawn to uh, certain things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Which are? So, like, okay, I don't want to get into it because it's going to be a therapy session. But I, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just not We're in therapy. It's okay. <laughs> secret, secret babies, surprise pregnancies. I usually skip mm-hmm. those because I'm just like, nah, 
I no 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 it's that's not my ministry um you know I like forced proximity I like I like you know always one one bed you know um I like stuff like that um you know that you know there are very few few like I said very few things that I don't like like you just mentioned mafia and romance you know yeah like the whole kind of kidnapping thing I'm like I don't know about that (laughs) Because I can just imagine, I, I put myself in that situation if I'm kidnapped. They'll return right. me, probably. <laughs> okay, so question then. Do you read dark romance? Or are you more, what's your subgenre of choice? Top three. Okay, I'll say romantic suspense. Mm. Um, that's probably third. Um, romantic comedy is number one. And then two will be historical. Some of the dark stuff, I'm like, yo, that's too dark. That's too dark for me. <laughs> that's too dark for me. Like, I just finished um, Dima by Kenya Wright. I don't know if you know who she is, but Kenya Wright, she's a, she writes so fast. Um, but Kenya um, has a whole mafia series, and I finished the whole thing. It's like the Mouse and the Lion series. Okay. And I was like, yo, this is a lot. This is a lot. Like, I had to take a, like, a break, and I was like, oh, girl, I cannot. Wait, I'm going to look it up because I don't know this one. I'm not a mafia reader either. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's like a Russian mob. Yeah. It was a lot of blood and it was a lot of killing. Yes. And it was like, I was yes. like, okay. You know, I, I don't mind watching that as a movie, but like right. reading it, right. reading it, it's like, uh-uh, I can't, I can't. But I had to, I, I was like, okay, but it's at, because I'm a person who commits and like finishes a series, <laughs> I went ahead and finished it. But I was I mean, like, to yourself, that's I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, that's a lot. Let me just go read something funny so I can just like, you know, mm-hmm. get out of that. The last dark, well, I guess, I guess it's dark paranormal fantasy I read was um, Pretty Little Lion. Mm. Uh, Salika Snyder. Salika Snyder. Oh rom com cats. It was so good. Now, listen, I. Like I said, that's not really my jam, but that thing was good. I've recently tried to kind of switch over to audiobook. Um, um, so while I'm working my nine to five, um, I you know have my headphones in. I'm listening to like you know an audiobook um, versus you know reading a physical book. Um, it was a hard switch for me as a person who is so used to reading. Um, I was like, I was like, I feel so lazy having somebody read to me. But, you know, I have to think about it in ways in which there are plenty of people who audiobooks is their main way of, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying a book and stuff like that. It's not lazy. It's actually, you know, something that would help them, you know, if they if there is, you know, neurodivergency or a disability or something like that. So I had to kind of get out of that thinking and saying, hey, oh, that's lazy. No, this is if this, this really is an efficient way to consume a book. Um, so, you know, I've really like kind of, and, and it also depends on the book. So if it's like a real steamy romance, I got to listen to, I, I, I like them. I like to listen to it. I like to hear somebody breathing in my ear. Oh, <laughs> if it's a good, if it's a good narrator. Yeah. I think the, yeah, that's true. I think, I think the last book, what was the last book that I listened to on audiobook? Um, Saint by Sierra Simone. Oh, oh wow. my ear was okay. burning after that. It was burning. I said, "Oh my god!" I said, "Oh Lord!" Of all like, of yes, like, an audio. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. That's too much. 
<laughs> this was too much. This was too much. Like I was like sweating, like pit sweating. Like it was a lot. I said, "Oh, this is a, this is wow. a lot." <laughs> I mean, tes- testament to Sierra Simone. Yes, yes. Because I mean, and, but it's not only not only was it like hot. But like mm-hmm. lyrically, it was just beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. the way she writes is just so beautiful. But at the same time, it was it was dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was dirty. I said, "Oh God, I can appreciate this." Dirty. Yes, I can appreciate this. Now, Larry, you like a sci-fi. So, are you doing like any romance sci-fi? Like writing romance sci-fi or listening or to even romance? reading it? Yeah. I haven't read. I, I, the only romance uh, sci-fi I read was the ai next door Alyssa cole um oh, yes is that good it was so y'all ever read that okay it was i good. haven't read it yet i it the good. cover is so cute it's I so cute it's cute but the cover is yeah. deceiving because it looks like it's gonna be all Ooh. cutesy 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 no but I it's not it's yeah. not it's not cutesy cutesy, <laughs> not cutesy. Alyssa, yeah there was like a little tw- oh, i'm not gonna give it away but there's like a little twist and i was just like mm. what like like what okay. like but it was good i liked it the audiobook is don't 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 read it. Get the audiobook. For okay. one, the audiobook oh, well. has Regina Hall, who's an actress. I don't know if you know her. She's yes, playing on the show yeah, Black Monday. Yeah. And then um the AI is Mindy Kaling. Um oh, and um I forgot there's one more person in there. But listen to the audiobook. The audiobook is fucking hilarious and it's good. So get the audiobook of that. And it, I know that one's only, well, I don't think it's only on Audible. At one point, it was just an Audible exclusive, but I think it might be everywhere now. Oh my God. How do you remember this? <laughs> Somebody could be like, where I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, like... I'm on fire today because I'm telling y'all, <laughs> normally I'm not like this. Like the librarian showed up here. <laughs> <laughs> that that should have been my calling. Have you not explored um, Ice Planet Barbarians? I keep seeing it on the book talks, as the children yep. say, on the book talks. And I'm like, you gotta see, do it. I see, see, y'all tricked me, y'all tricked me into reading that, that whole milk and farm thing. And I said, I'm not gonna oh, fall no, for it again. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not gonna fall for that shit again. <laughs> so I was like, uh-uh. That's what everybody was talking about late last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that was like all the rage. Yep. Everywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, how did we get here? What what is going on in the atmosphere that we're talking about? <laughs> it, it has to be the pandemic is making us, you know, I don't know. Just... I I think it's it. There definitely is like a socio political situation happening that mm. creates romance trends. Oh yeah, always. Like, oh yeah, always like that. And I know Jen kind of touched on this too about how monster bait is like the antithesis to gender essentialism Mm -hmm. and other kind of paranormal romances. But then she's like, but does it just repackage gender Mm. essentialism? Like, are we doing the same things? Mm. But then my thing is like, what is our obsession with monster romance with like buckets of jizz? I'm sorry, (laughs) what is that? Like, that is everywhere I don't in, know. in this monster i'm like where does that fit into the equation i don't know are we like we want grotesque disgusting things because the world sucks i think i think we want gross okay this doesn't sound really far-fetched but i think we want gross things because now we're in this like so isolated like place where we can't we can't have any type of germ so now we want right. all the germs that we can just like right. get our hands on, you know what I'm saying? So give every us, bodily fluid. Give us every, all the give alien us all monster the, sperm. Right. Give us all of that. That's a really smart 
theory. It could be, opinion. you know, it could, because we're so we're so touch deprived now that mm. you know in our in our romance we want not only for you to touch touch me but to leave some sort of DNA imprint on me. <laughs> at this point, it's, it's not true. even about touch. It's about DNA imprint. We're gonna yes. switch biomes. It's it's, it's the opposite of social distancing. That's what mm-hmm. it is. It's as as far to the left yeah. as you can go. Listen, Tati, you're an academic. I'm gonna need you to write this paper. Yeah, I'm gonna need this. I feel like you're, you're I'm on. Gonna need this. To a, a no, right no, no, no. Beatrix and I can't do this. We're scrubs. We don't no. have any. Listen, academics. listen. I, I, my, my background. I, I don't. I'm not a professor or anything like that. I'm, I'm more on the administrative side. I have not taught a class in forever since I was a, a master student. A class. I have taught a class, but not since I was a master student. But no way. <laughs> Listen, I no barely way. graduated college. We're lucky I'm sitting here today. So I'm impressed with any, any okay. credentials. All right. Let's let's veer away from this territory. I don't know why. Why would you want to do that? I think let's talk about it more. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to know, like, okay, so you currently writing a contemporary rom com. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about your work in progress? So I have. So I have one that's kind of out there on sub right now, um, and I have the my one. Can, well, I can talk about both of them, maybe, but I'll talk about my work in progress now. Um, this one is sort of a best friends, um, brothers, best friends slash foster brother, friends to lovers type of uh, romance about a failed playwright who becomes a uh, phone sex operator. I love it. Um, and <laughs> this sounds crazy <laughs> because the phone. Sex it really operator... does. We were just talking about monster bait. I'm yeah, sure it's not yeah. going to sound that I mean, crazy. This sounds great. <laughs> she becomes a phone sex operator to kind of pay her bills fast and things like that because she wants to get back to New York and you know go back to off Broadway and all this stuff. She had a play that folded and it didn't do well. Blah blah blah. And it's about her and her kind of childhood foster brother slash brother's best friend mm-hmm. um, who's always been in love with her and uh, he is a computer basically tech genius he, he you know on the tech company and little does she know that he is working for the company that she works for the phone sex type of company that she works for um, trying to uh, fix their interface and uh, <laughs> to test it out, he goes and pretends to be somebody else. And so it's sort of like You Got Mail meets Girl 6, the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, he she doesn't Love know that. pulled that out. Those are yeah, good comps, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, she uh, doesn't know that she's talking to him on the, on the other phone. Fu- the other side of the phone. They start to kind of fall for each other. But in real life, they're falling for each other, too. And you know, it's 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 it, you know, it's coming together. I'm so, almost there. Almost done. So it but, sounds you know. like it's quite steamy. Tell us, tell us, how's the smut? The smut is 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 getting there. Mm-hmm. It's getting there. So like, I was on Twitter, <laughs> me and Twitter, and I was you know trying to just think about some stuff. And there's one scene that I was working on, um, and I was like, does anybody know if you can have you know, if you can be vigorous up against a pinball machine. And everyone was like, what are you working on? I was like, 
Listen, I just need y'all to answer the question. Can you I like? I need you to ask me yeah. questions. <laughs> right. I, can you, you know, be vigorous? I was like, well, you know, is it bolted down? Is it well, what's the material? Blah blah. I was like, okay, well, these are things I I I've considered, but it's gonna have quite a bit of sex. It, it has it has quite a bit of sex and sexual situations in it. I would say this. It, I mean. It's not Sierra Simone, but it, it, but but not it, yet. It, it has some steam level to it. Yeah. So it's high heat on the page. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah definitely on the page. Yeah. Yeah. But a little spoiler: there is a pinball machine somewhere. <laughs> there's a pinball. You don't know. You don't know where. I, I didn't mean, tell you. But there's a, there might be a pinball machine. Okay. You know? Follow up question: Is there <laughs> so many questions about that? First of all, just anytime you ask those questions, just follow it up with hashtag romance writer. That's my first <laughs> yes, yes. And you can do whatever you want. Do whatever yes. you want. Um, yes. And then my follow-up question is, can you reveal any of your kryptonites you may have worked into this work in progress? What have I worked into there? Oh, teeth that have a slight gap. So the main character oh. um, has a gap. Like, he has a, a very noticeable gap. And I based him on this this, this actor. Uh, his name is Tom Bell. Um, he's been, he's been, he's been several, in several rom-coms and stuff like that. Um, he was in a show on CBS. I can't think of the name of it, but um, but he's super cute. I based him on like his, a slight gap. Mm. Um, there are beards in here, so guys with beards. Yes. Um, yes. Veiny hands. I don't know. Okay. I'm really mm-hmm. hands with like veins. There are cardigans in here because he's kind of a of course. sucky I love dude. A man in a cardigan. Um, I don't know. There's a cardigan with a turtleneck. <laughs> no, there's no. You know what? No turtleneck. A double head. double kryptonite. You know I what? Feel like... He might have a turtleneck on. You know, I think I wrote that he had a turtleneck and something. Look, see, see. <laughs> I I think I oh think God. he might. So yeah, I, I mean, I have I have a I have a few of those things in there. Well, how how far are you in the work in progress? Probably another. 2030k and I'll be done. Oh, okay. So nearing that end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on, I'm toward the end. I'm hoping I'm, I'm praying, hoping I, I can get it done in the next couple of months. But we'll see what happens with it. I'm trying to decide if I want to like self pub it or mm-hmm. wait, put it out on sub. I, I don't know. You write it first. Figure that out later. Yeah, write it first when you figure it yeah. out later. Being on sub, it's terrible. I won't ask you times, but it's terrible, right? Mm. You feel awful. <laughs> It's 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 scary. It's scary yeah. because I'm an Aries, and we're just kind of like, um, you know, we're type A people, perfectionists, and like we feel like if we don't get it right the first time, that we're failures. So yeah. you know, when I sent um, my another manuscript out first, it, it was, I'll admit it wasn't the best one that I wrote, but. Um, when I sent uh, my first manuscript out, all I got was rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. I was like, "F this! I'm just gonna just stick to my job and, you know, just you know, not even worry about it." But then I kind of regrouped and I had friends and critique partners and stuff who were like really encouraging and were like, "No, you can do this." Blah blah blah. And um, I want to shout out um, Inclusive Romance Project because I am a member of that and. And um, I did the mentoring um, mentoring uh, cohort this year, which I mean, oh my God, I can't say enough about how it changed my perspective on how I write and um, how I feel about my writing. How mm-hmm. it just gave me a boost of self confidence. So shout out to them. Shout out to my mentor who is Kilby Blades. So that 
whole kind of cycle really changed how I thought about writing and how I want to write and how I want to be perceived as a writer. And, you know, I realized, you know, no, I do have something to say. I have something important that's, that I think people want to read. And no matter how it gets out there, whether it's traditionally published or I publish it myself, it's going to come out. I, I'm i just re- just willing and ready to see what happens. Can you speak on that perspective shift a little more? I don't think people realize that publishing is so slow. And that, you know, I knew, you know, I had this idea of it because like I said, I have a, I, you know, I have a bachelor's degree in writing and editing. I was going to, you know, do an internship in, you know, publishing. I know about that world, but I, what, I had never been totally in, you know, on the other side as, as the writer part, you know? Um, and so when I realized that publishing is slow, people have their own agendas, um, you know, it's about money and marketing and things like that. Um, it made me realize, look, it's not me. It's not me. It's not, it's not what I'm writing. What I'm writing is good enough. What I'm writing is, you know, is something that's going to resonate with somebody. It all it takes is for one person to say yes. And that's all what every writer is waiting on is some one person to say, yes, yes, this is great. Yes. We want to publish this. Yes. Yes. We see a market for this. Um, even if you are the person that's, you know, going to be publishing it, you have to believe in yourself and say, yes, this is worthy of being out here. Yes. I know my work. It has value and has purpose and stuff like that. So that shift for me was real fundamental in me realizing that writing not only is a business, writing is creative, but writing should be, you know, a passion for you too, you know, and you can't let every little detour in the, in the journey distract you from, from what you ultimately want to do, which is get your work out there. In the most uh, romance book way ever, when you're a writer, you always have to choose yourself. Yes, every time, absolutely. Or you're never going to get anywhere. Absolutely. It speaks to me. I feel like that was a big struggle for me too. And having a mentor, I'm sure, and being a part of a part of something at all within a community of writers is is a really like powerful, strong thing, I think. Yeah. But I had the same thing where I was like, I'm not worth anything unless someone chooses me. Mm-hmm. But it's like sometimes you gotta choose yourself. Gotta choose yourself. Yeah. And even if you don't think someone's quote unquote choosing you, you have to keep doing the work because mm-hmm. if you're a writer, you owe it to the world. Absolutely. All the all your work just can't be in vain. All your work just can't sit here on your laptop for nobody, right. <laughs> for no right. one to read. That's, you know that's so rude. <laughs> it is rude. What? <laughs> Get Whoa. your work what? out there. <laughs> I am rebelling against the system by taking as long as I damn well. No, please. I'm not saying the system. I'm saying the world deserves your art. One thousand percent, it does, and it will get it eventually. Uh, yes but I love that I love to hear about those things because to me I had a lot of just like really psychologically bad days Mm -hmm. when it was you know just when I was I'm still first starting out but when I was like really first starting Mm -hmm. out and so it really uh it's hard I don't think people understand quite how emotionally taxing it is it is um, and how vulnerable you are it is it got to the point where I had to like make on my on my more private Instagram, which has my family and friends. I literally had to make a post to tell them, please stop asking me when the book is coming out, because I don't know. And there are a lot of factors that go into publishing and publication, whether I self-publish or traditionally publish. All I need for you to do is support me, give me good vibes, 
make sure that I'm make sure that I don't stop, make sure that I keep going. But you know, asking me constantly, you know, asking me when is the book coming out, just does not. <laughs> that doesn't help. You're you like, know what I mean? thanks for the reminder that I don't know. Thanks for the reminder <laughs> I, I don't no know. I, I have no answer yeah. for you. Um, but yeah. you know, that's when the a community of writers and friends picks up the slack for you, and they're the people who are going to keep you on the on the right path of you know focus and direction and, and where you need to be as far as the writer's concerned. And you can say the craziest things to them and they won't think it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. Like, like <laughs> I had this plot bunny about an Egyptian warrior and a nurse. I'm already listening. Yes, I'm already listening. And a nurse. What do you think? <laughs> it's great. Go for it. And there's never a wrong idea. You know what I'm saying? No. In romance particularly, there's never a wrong idea. Oh, there's there's always a possibility of something. And I think about all the movies that they've ever greenlit that I think that are just horrible. I'm like, see, they gave somebody a chance. Money to write was this spent mess. on that shit. Exactly, money was spent. a lot of money. Exactly, yeah, way more money that would have been spent on a book. That's all I'm saying, and it's still exactly, gone the world. exactly. You know? And I'm like, y'all made that, but y'all can't, you know, do this. So I mean, it's hard, especially for me, you know, still starting out, still in that very, very bottom, bottom rung of the, of the stage to keep going and keep mo- being motivated. But you got to, I mean, there's only, that's the only answer I have for you is that you just you have to, you got to keep going. But it's all like self-motivated too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people I think forget that like, uh, like writers are solitary creatures. Very solitary. It's us and the page. And it's mm-hmm. you mind the blue light of our screen. And the blue light burning out our eyeballs. Yep. Just in our face. <laughs> yes. But that's it. It's it's your story, your brain translating that down onto paper. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. nobody else is going to write that book. Nobody else right. is going to get it out there. Everybody right. and everybody's dog will have commentary on it, though. And that's really fucking hard to compete against the internal dialogue of, I'm going to get this down on paper. I'm going to write this. I'm going to do this all by yourself while you have a ton of people that are making judgments on it. That's right. that, the, the dynamic of that is really, really difficult because true though, if you have a support system in place, that's kind of the only way you can move forward. And other mm-hmm. writers are great for that because they are also going through the same struggle. Like, even if you're traditionally published, if you're self-published, regardless of which direction you go down to the actual pathway of getting that book from start to end is all yes. on your shoulders. And Absolutely. it's very easy to lose track of that and it's very easy to get kind of deterred yeah i totally get where you're coming from that you you really have to self-motivate but also find a way to move forward with people because yeah it's it's fucking yeah. rough yeah. it's rough it's, it's rough real out rough. there y'all it's yeah. rough out there it's rough. um i'm gonna you don't have to answer this but what happened to that first manuscript you ever wrote it's still on my laptop. Um, <laughs> it's um, sometimes I look. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, nah, I should do something with this because I've learned from the mistakes that I made. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's not the one that I have out now on sub at right. all. But I, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, I see where the holes are. I see where the 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 the, the potential to make this better is. But then part of it's like, huh, I should make it a screenplay versus a a, a novel but I think about it I don't know I, it's still there it, it was a good story <laughs> it was a good story but I'm just like it wasn't great it was good it might have it's time you never know it, it may have it's time I may, in a new, I may revisit way. it yeah, yeah I may revisit it in another another life yeah. time maybe <laughs> 
Yeah, I, 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 I will probably get back to it. And this, the, the main problem with the manuscript was it wasn't me. Like I was mm. trying to write to a certain market and demographic yeah. and all that. I was trying to, okay, listen, I can be very blunt. I was trying to yes. market and write toward like a Hallmarky suite type of yep. thing. That yeah. I like to watch Hallmark. But the core essence of who I am as a writer is not is not me. That's not it's not of Tati is not Hallmarky. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, I'm snarky, I have complicated protagonists, you know, there's sex on the page, you know, all those things are me, mm. not, you know, sweetness and blah blah. I mean, you know, that's nice, but I was, and, and the more I look at the manuscript, I said, I can steam this up a lot. <laughs> I can make this be a, a lot more my voice, but it wasn't my voice at all. It didn't have like little snarky things I put in there, or little pop culture references or mm-hmm. things like that, that are, that I feel are me and my voice. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, you can't put something out there and you know, that's not your voice. It wasn't my voice. Yeah. Why, what was I doing? You know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and then I, then I learned from that. And when I finally had the idea for for the the um, manuscript that's out on submission now, that was me. That was that was truly me in my voice. And then as I work on this now, this next work in progress, it's even more of who I am. Yep. Uh, yep. So just more and more and more of who I am will come out on the page. So is this now? You're on your third then, third yeah. manuscript. Yeah. Well, I, I write I write a million things at once. I'm that person who yeah. writes like three manuscripts at once. Yeah. So, Amazing. Yeah. Chaotic. Chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I write three things at once. So yeah. Have you noticed that like you've kind of changed as you've been going through your writing journey? Because oh, like yeah. I always thought I was one way and I'm like, I'm actually this other way or this other way works for me better. And yeah. It's kind of weird self-discovery that you don't expect to have. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. Like I thought that I was just a person that could like, you know, be a panther, and I just thought I could just sit down and just write, 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 until I realized, no, girl, you need to, you need a plan. You need to mm-hmm. sit here and at least outline what you're gonna talk about. So mm-hmm. I'm more of what they call a, a marriage of the two, like a planter, like a person who's kind of Weird both. Ditto. Yeah. Yes, you know, definitely a planter, and even more specifically, a, like a scenester. So like I write certain mm-hmm. scenes. And then I'll, I'll go back and say, okay, well, I'll connect them. You know, I'll start connecting them and moving them around and shifting them around until they make sense. So, I mean, yeah, my whole style of writing has, has totally changed. I, I can't just fly off the seat of my pants anymore. I got I got to write something down. I got to put get a notebook and outline and have character sketches and have a three-act, three, three act, you know, plot line and stuff like that. Yeah. If you look at it, it's still very skeletal. Like I have three acts, but it's not super detailed. I'm like, oh, I know this is gonna happen. This is probably gonna happen. This is gonna happen. All the stuff in between, I gotta fill in. So it's still it's blanks. Still, yeah, it's still yeah. All the blanks I gotta fill in. So it's still, it's still kind of a mix, I think. Tell us a little bit about like your process of writing. So you are uh, like you're doing your planning and everything. When are you sitting down during the day? Like, are you an everyday writer? What is that like for you? Definitely not an everyday writer. Um, I, I write definitely primarily during, like, in the evening. So, you know, my kid comes home, we get dinner, you know. Um, I work from home every day except Wednesdays. 
Um, so on those days where I'm at home, then in the evenings, I'll try to do like a um, sprint in the evening, maybe like two 25 minute sprints. Um, and then on the weekends, just, you know, I just go hard, you know, because mm. um, I have more time to like um, devote myself to just sit down and, and write. I either sit in my office, I either, um, you know, go in the living room. It is, a, I mean, most time I'm in my office though, because I like to light my candles, I like to get my. <laughs> I like we to have a routine, right? You oh yeah, I got a ritual. Things. I got to write. I got to yep. like, and I'm really, and I'm really kind of superstitious too. So I have to like, um, if I have a candle, I have to light that one candle all week, uh, so that I have a candle I for the week. This. I have yes. like, a, yeah, I have like a candle for the week that I like burn for this for the whole week, um, and then I'll sit here and I'll write. Um, I have to have like. I don't really write to music um, with lyrics. I'll just kind of write to like some lo-fi hip hop or something like lo-fi that. Lo-fi beats, yeah, all the time. yeah, or some jazz or bossa nova, jazz, yeah, something mm. like that. Uh, if it's a sex scene now, I'll probably put on something with some lyrics to just kind of like get myself in the mood. I'll listen to a few songs and then I'll start writing. Um, and that's sort of Do my you share process. Your playlist? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have a playlist for the. Um, I have a playlist for the work that's out on sub. I have one up on my on my Spotify. So it has like a because the characters are kind of into like nineties R and B and stuff like that. There's a lot of nineties, early two thousands R and B and stuff on there. Stuff that I was in my heyday as I as the old people say. <laughs> so You're in the, your heyday now. Yeah, yeah, you know, back when I was, you know, spry and when young, you were a baby. Young and my boobs were like up here. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, uh, they had like a lot of 90s R&B, a lot of slow jams and stuff like that because the male, um, main character is kind of like an old soul. He's like really into like, mm. you know, R&B and stuff like that. So I have, I have, I have, I do, yeah, I, I usually make a playlist for every thing I'm working yeah, on. And Yeah. And some are, I think that one's public, but the rest are private. So what do you do? It sounds like you're pretty steady mm-hmm. on your writing, but mm-hmm. what do you do? when you lose your spark, when you get writer's block, what, what's happening then? Um, usually if I'm like in the weeds and I don't know where I'm, where I'm going and where I turn to, I'll either hit up my friends and just kind of talk out, you know, where, what my frustrations are, or I just step away from the manuscript for a minute, go do something else, go, you know, read a book, go watch a movie, um, go do something else that has nothing to do with writing at all. Yeah. And sometimes something something I'm doing that's not even you know writing related will kind of spark a creativity to go you know put something down on the manuscript. I could be scrolling through TikTok and I see something. I'm like, oh, you never know. Okay, you, you found you know? the turtleneck on TikTok. So exactly, perfect sense. <laughs> that's true. The turtleneck was on TikTok. So yeah, so you know, I just kind of like take a step away from the manuscript for a, a while. I think the longest I've gone. Um, a manuscript was probably maybe two months and I, I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't look at it I thought I don't know where to start don't know where to go you know it, you know it was also a period of self-doubt and some other stuff going on but I just was like I just got to step away for it for a minute and you know during that time I read I watched some movies I kind of like um started watching like some old uh 90s mid 90s early aughts like 
classic black rom-com because that's what yeah. I want the feeling of my book to feel like. Mm. Um, and so I was like, okay, these are kind of inspire me to go back and, and write and, and, you know, get that feeling back again and for the love of the manuscript. So that's what I, that's what I would do. Like, I just, I just got to step away from it sometimes. Yeah. Does it ever drive you crazy though? Oh, you can't figure it out. Man, all the time, all the time, all the time. I just get so frustrated. I'm just like, you know, you know, what can I do? You just feel like you want to just burn it down, you know, and just start all mm -hmm. over. Um, but then you realize, no, I've, I've made a lot of progress. It really is a lot of progress. Even if you write one sentence that day, that's progress. I mean, you know, nobody tells you how much you have to write every day to make a book. You know, you True. just write, you know, it can be two sentences. It can be 2,000 words. It could be 20,000 words. You don't, you don't know, you know? Um, but as long as you're writing, you're still doing something. But even if you're not writing, you're still doing something. If, even if you're like, like I said, looking at a movie or, or trying to think about, you know, plot bunnies or whatever, just mentally, you know, going through something, it's still part of the creative process. The apps are loading in the background. Right, right, exactly. Well, I always say that too. I'm like, the one thing I, the only thing I can do if I hit writer's block is I, I quit my book and then I just wait until I miss it. However long that takes. Yeah, and when I'm completely done with it, and I can't stand looking at those characters anymore, that's when I know I'm done. I'm like, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to read about you. I don't want to write about you. I can't think of another thing to say. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, man. Moving on. <laughs> Just wait till your book sells and then you get your edits and then it's like, back to it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Like my editor wrote a little note, like just so nice because she was so nice. She was like, Please, please make sure to give your manuscript one more read through before you send this. Back. And I'm like, I would rather die than read this one more time. It yeah. was so painful for me. But I do see people who are like, oh, it was so lovely rereading my manuscript. Like it reminded me of all these things. I'm like, that is not, that could not be me. Yeah, no, that's not me that. either. That's not me either. Because mm -mm, mm -mm. I'm not even that person anymore. And maybe you'll feel this way or you do now. Like, yeah about even what you have out on submission it's mm -hmm. like at some point you'll be a different person than who you were when you wrote it i even like i said i stepped away from the manuscript for a while and then when i came back to it i was like who are these people when when did i write about yeah. this you know who are these people so then I, and then after like the mentorship and after talking to other people i basically flipped the whole manuscript around i don't you won't you won't recognize it from draft one to now it's not even the same. The only thing that's the same are character names. Would you like to do a rapid fire talk to you? Sure, because I do that too when I interview yeah. people. So let's go. I've never had somebody do it to me. Okay. Ready? You ready for this? Rapid fire, rapid ready. fire time. Ready. Okay. Read as many romance books you like, but are never satisfied, or only read one romance book a year. You can reread it and you love it. I would rather just read the one book over and over. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. No. Same no. As <laughs> yeah. 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 Same Same as me. Me. Uh read yeah. a book that is missing every other chapter or read a book that is missing the last third. Um I'll probably read a book that's missing the last third because I could probably just presume what's happening. I mean if, if every romance is pretty much formulated, I can kind of remember or kind of, you know, parse out what's gonna happen from the first half of the book. So, yeah, y'all don't necessarily need the, the last part, third Unless of the book. Unless it's a I slow guess, burn, and agreed. then you miss the only smut. We're not reading it. <laughs> what? 
Yeah. I okay. could probably miss everything, but yeah. That's, that's the, the risk. risk. Yeah, that's that is the risk. risk. Uh, read only smut that's not dirty enough or read only smut that's too dirty for you, i.e. too kinky. I'd rather just too dirty. That's the answer. <laughs> too dirty, of course. Yes. Of course. All the Why would I want to read something that's not, not dirty enough? That's just... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, no. What no. is the point? What is the point? <laughs> Listen to yeah. a uh, smutty audiobook out loud in public or you have to read the smuttiest passage of any book to a family member. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's say it's Saint by yeah. Yoda oh. Simone. To <laughs> oh. so a family, do I have to pick the family member? Do I get to yes. pick the family member? Yes. Well, if it's my hut. No, no, let's oh, say okay. you don't. It won't I'm be like, a kid. Yeah. It won't well, be a kid. Well, if it's my hood, right. man, I can read it out loud. But if it's my no, grandma, then no. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I'd rather just listen to an audiobook out. It's not me. So I, I can just fake, like, oh, my, my AirPods not working? Oh, I didn't realize. I, I just lie. <laughs> yeah. I, just lie. They're like, this has been playing for four straight minutes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I would just, I, yeah, just, just have the audiobook go. Just run away. Run away. Just run away. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. on the uh, lines of monster bait, uh, pick your mythological half-human, a minotaur, a centaur, a mermaid, or a fawn. Or merfolk, sorry. Merfolk. Um, what, was the, what was the choice of the year? So you have a minotaur. A, minotaur. a centaur, which is half-human, half-horse. A bottom half Bottom half-horse, half yep. Well, okay, that's merfolk. it. Bottom half-horse. Let's, let's, let's say it. That's it. <laughs> Because <laughs> remember, I talked about the Minotaur one. I was like, "Oh no, honey, that 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 did not work for me." Wait, so that you don't want to no, hear so we can't do the Minotaur, but the Centaur that works. That's that's fine. There is Merfolk or Fawn. Fawn is like half uh, goat, half human. <laughs> yeah, the goat and the little yeah, little, like Pan, right? Pan, mm-hmm. the Fawn. Yep. Um, no. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. The merman, the merman. Let me let me think about this because a merman, if they come out the water, they don't have feet, right? No feet. <laughs> but but to be fair, like a centaur also does not. None have of feet. these have feet. <laughs> yeah, but the centaur got other stuff, and that that works. <laughs> so I'm still gonna stick with my answer, centaur. Yeah, that's true. You, you what you should go on instinct on these. That's true. <laughs> Centaur, totally. Okay. Yeah. This this is a nicer pick your mythological. It's pick your mythological god. Hades, Apollo, Persephone, or Hera. Well, well, then the answer is Persephone. Persephone. Totally. Fair. Yeah. Do you want to say why? Well, I just think about the Persephone and Hades mythology, and yeah, Persephone. Yeah. It's a solid. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hard. There are I no wrong answers. Yeah, absolutely. I have to go back into my Greek mythology bag and be like, okay, let me remember the stories now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is hotter, a tattoo or a scar? Tattoo, tattoo. As a Stuck. person with, as a person with yeah. six tattoos, tattoo. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband Stuck. has no tattoos, which is oh crazy. really? And he's a chef. Like, what chef do you know that does not have oh, tattoos? How? <laughs> A chef is definitely a, a romance yeah. hero. But right check there. it, I'm never gonna write about a chef. But <laughs> but because I 
Because I'm living I mean, with one. Fair but, enough. <laughs> but he doesn't have tattoos. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. We have uh, stuck with one trope. Faded mates or childhood sweethearts? Childhood sweethearts. Oh, for sure. Okay. I just like the whole, you know, we could, you know, I've, I've been liking you for this long. And I guess because I'm writing that, <laughs> but, you know, True. Yep. Yep. you know, it's just, you know, I've, I've loved you for so long and I just know I can just love you as a grown man. I can love you even better, you know, that type of thing. So, or a grown woman. Yeah, it's just a pining. It's the, it's the, uh, like, I just <laughs> want you so much. Like, I, I, it's the pining for me. Mm-hmm. And I just like men who beg a little bit, you know, characters who beg a little bit. <laughs> Another you know, kryptonite. Yes, yes, yes. You gotta who beg. doesn't? Yeah, you gotta beg a little bit. Um. Okay, Uh. you can only read one. So read fade to black romance in your favorite subgenre or high heat in your least favorite subgenre. Oh, uh, I guess fade to black in my favorite subgenre. Oh, controversial. <laughs> People didn't pick that. I'm shocked. Okay, hotter uh, character trope: a moody crime lord or a playboy millionaire. I hate both, but but <laughs> that's a great. Point. I'm sorry. I hate both. I mean, I, I hate. I hate. They're both they're bad. They're both bad. But I mean, I can live with the money, so I, I'll take the playboy millionaire. Okay, agreed. Yeah, I can't do. I can't the murdering. Nah, but the the, the money, I can. I can. You take. can fleece him. Exactly. Exactly. Just go. Exactly. May. Okay. What about hot antihero or hot dumb? I like. I like. A, I like a hot dumb. You should definitely read praised. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. <laughs> All right. What about this? Uh, pick a supernatural: a, vi- a vampire, werewolf, alien, or dragon shifter. Werewolf, because I kind of like hairy men. And you, but usually when they're like not werewolves, they still have like hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like their the hair is mm-hmm. long, or the, they have a beard or something, a chest hair. I, yeah, werewolf. Okay. Uh, <laughs> read an amazing romance by an author who's objectively bad as a person, or read a mediocre book by an author you love. Oh man, I, mm, I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a person with like morals and principles i would just rather read the mediocre book like it's just too much and given some stuff that's happened of y'all know what's happened over the past couple weeks i can't do it i can't do i don't care how good your book is i'm not gonna do it just yeah the thing is like people like that usually their books are not good this is true (laughs) what is that i don't know like a woody allen or whatever too it's like your shit's not that good i don't know anyway I don't know. Mediocre people usually uplift other mediocre people to meteoric heights. You know mm, what I mean? This so is true. This that's is that's true. why. Well, okay. Something about this changed my mind. So, you know, you can't like be a perfect consumer of entertainment. That's true. You don't always know. Like that's true. You know, it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, like everybody is fucking bad yeah. in their own ways. We all fuck up. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Fine. But Katie Robert wrote. She posted a story where she was like, you know, writer. I saw this. Maybe this is true. Maybe this is true. Not fully true. Maybe it's a little overly simplistic. Mm -hmm. But she was like, writers' values are within their writing. Mm -hmm. So if so, can you read like a white supremacist writer without inherently having those values? Like, I don't, I don't know that you could. Right? Like, even if they're not explicitly talking about that but they're never explicitly so that's the thing i think i think about just the american canon itself and just literature itself canonically we've we've always been reading supremacist work 
What mm-hmm. has changed? Nothing yep. has changed. Fully. The only thing that's changed now is that people are more vocal and realize, hey, this person's bad. And maybe we don't need to read them or support them. But still, we're still reading other people that are still, you know, that consider themselves quote unquote classic uh-huh. that are still highly problematic, you know? Don't get me started on this. I had a whole argument the other day. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, like you know, I'm from I'm from Georgia, and I remember, um, you know, in lit we had like a Georgia lit class or something like that. I don't it was in college, in high school or something, and we read Flannery O'Connor and stuff like that. I'm like, she's highly problematic. I mean, she didn't like black people and whole bunch of other stuff, you know. But do I like some of her short stories? Yeah, I do. You know, so it's just it's just hard to. You know, it's it's, it's hard. Yeah. But these are people that they want, quote unquote, the school system to teach you. But at the same time, they ban other books. But that's a whole other discussion for another day. Well, you know, you you internalize those things. Early oh yeah, and you, we have no choice. Yeah, we have no choice but to because it's the air we breathe mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, Jen said something interesting too, and I kind of agree with her. Where it's like, maybe there's not like a hundred percent of a right, correct answer that we're going to come to and figure out mm-hmm. and we're just going to have to kind of sift mm. through that and sit in that discomfort and that's just going to have to be mm. like yeah what it is yeah yeah <laughs> I, I definitely see that i mean we're just going to have to realize that sometimes ugly people make beautiful things um yeah and, and, you know like for example I, i'm a lover of music i love music but, you know, I think back to all the time, I, you know, like I said, I love 90s R&B. I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore. I cannot do I it. Know. Mm-hmm. You know, and as much as I love his albums and stuff like that, I think about, well, who the hell was he singing to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I yeah, can't, that's the I can't do it. You know, so you try to separate the man or the woman from the art. And it's just, um, it's just, it's hard. It's hard. But, you know, like you say, sometimes we have to stick with that discomfort and say, I recognize that they may have talent, they may have the ability to create things, but I do have a choice as to whether I can consume it or not, mm. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's like you said, so much gray area, you know what I mean? Like, mm. we, you don't have to, and sometimes we just need to sit in that gray area and just, like, live there. <laughs> we don't need to, we don't need to, you know, take a side either way sometimes. It depends on what it is, I say that. But when it comes to particularly art, and stuff like that sometimes you just need to sit in the gray area and have you know sit with the discomfort like you said and just like okay recognize it for what it is sometimes you don't get to feel good about your choices you know yeah sometimes you can't validate it people (laughs) (laughs) for me a person who only wants validation all the time (laughs) yes yes. okay and and then i'm gonna like ask and then back to these gross questions (laughs) Literally the next one, there's only three left. The next one is a slow burn with amazing sex, but takes forever to get to, or a fast burn with sex scenes that are like, okay. I'd rather take the slow burn with the good sex. Like, I think, I think, I think, I think there's a, there's a talent to writing a slow burn. Like, like, Mm -hmm. I think you have to be really talented to write a slow burn because so much of it is the relationship. And then yeah. the, the character development, which is so good. And then when you get to, it's just so much more satisfying when you get to say, and it's good. It's just like a real, yeah. it's just like a real relationship, you know, and it's 
when you know you start dating and you finally get to the getting and it's like okay I'm good you know so yeah well you said you like pining so i do like yeah. pining i do like pining I, I i do i do okay but do you prefer a book with amazing sex scenes but the plot is just okay or a book with amazing plot and ugh, sex scenes damn i guess it, it depends on what i'm in the mood for um what you're reading like, for that's true right what am i in the, yeah what, what are I'm, you reading what, what are the what's that yeah what's the end game to get me hot and bother is the end game to to read a really dynamic story yeah uh, if the end game is for me to read a really dynamic story then i'm going to pick the plot all the time but there are some very popular books that people just love and they're there they're hype they're hyping them up and they're like, oh, it's so good. And then, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I'll read it. And they're like, oh, it's so steamy. Like, everybody's steam level is different. Oh, this happens. And so yeah. when I read it, and I'm thinking it's like five on the on the, on the the scale. And I get that. To me, it's like a three, a two or three. And I'm like, well, the plot is excellent. But I think the sex thing is like, okay. That'll, that'll make me finish the book versus... If the plot is crap and it just has sex things, I probably won't finish the book. Mm. Okay, ending on an easy one. Cover style. Black okay. and white, like a black and white dude without a shirt, or a trendy cartoon. I want us to bring back photographs. I, I'm, I'm kind of over the cartoon. Oh, like a contemporary. Yeah, I'm kind of over the um, the uh, illustrated cover. I want to bring back like art and photographs. Particularly for mm-hmm. me, because as a as a as a black person, I don't hardly see books or even own any books that have beautiful black men on the cover or beautiful men of color on the cover. I don't have that many. I can count. I'm literally looking at my shelf now, and I'm like, one, two, maybe three, right. three books out of. I mean, I got hundreds over here. You know, yeah. I I really want to see like good looking people on the cover of books. I mean, yeah. You know, is that what you want for yours? Oh, I, maybe, yeah, sure, mm. sure. But then I'm kind of torn because I'm like, I see some illustrators that I'm like, I love like to give them a shot if if possible because I see their work and they're really really good. But on the on the flip side, their work is like hyper realistic. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it would kind of look, yeah, it kind it's kind of like the in between. It's kind of like you know the best of both. Tati, do you want to mention anything else? Like. Can you give your podcast another plug? Yeah, so um, our podcast is, again, Romance and Color. Um, We are everywhere that you get podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Apple, um, everywhere that you get your podcast, you can can get us. Um, We come out mostly on Fridays. Um, And it's a mix of talking about uh, popular culture topics with a BIPOC slant and we also kind of our reviews of books and things like that focus on um, BIPOC and queer and marginalized authors so yeah that's the podcast and stuff we're gonna we have a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of uh, weeks what I'm most excited about is in February we're gonna have like our first kind of men's romance roundtable so we're gonna have so we're gonna have men who either read romance or write romance. We, there are a few who are want to talk about romance and and what it means and you know representations of men of color and romance and stuff like that. So it's gonna be fun. I can't wow. wait for y'all to listen to hear that one. It's it's, it's gonna be a good one. So 
that's going to come out right before Valentine's. Yeah, was it on your stories that you posted it? I remember I remember seeing this. Yeah, on my stories, I was looking for some folks who wanted to participate, and I was overwhelmed with, I, I mean, overwhelmed with the amount of DMs and and messages I got from men who are like, "Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I want to. I want to be on. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I love read romance. I love romance. I'm like, you do." And then, you know, I love to hear men reading. You know, and the and it's a bevy of men. I mean, from all types of sexualities, gender identities. I mean, a, a bevy of men from all walks of life, all types of uh, nationalities and races. Um, they are men of color, though. So it's just gonna it's gonna be real cool. I can't wait for y'all to listen to it, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a and lot. You said of fun. that one is in February. Yeah, it's gonna be the week. I believe the week before Valentine's Day. So we'll have that one out then. Definitely, everybody, check out Romance and Color. That's Romance and Color with a U. Yeah. Don't with forget you. it. Check out Tati at all of her socials. Okay, so it's Tati Richard Wright's son. No, it's uh, Richard Wright's son. Right, did I say it wrong? Yeah. Richard Wright's son. <laughs> Richard Wright. I, can, um, I can't, for some reason, um, your handle, I can't, I cannot <laughs> get it's it It's a tongue twister because I call myself trying to be clever. But uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard Wright. W-R-I-T-E-S-O-N. Um, it's a play on my last name and Richard Wright. Yeah. Um, and I am there on Instagram and Twitter under the same handle. So and go follow yep. her TikTok too, people. Yeah. Yeah, go watch her on TikTok. I'm not telling y'all about it. <laughs> I'm sure you could figure no. it out. I see you post right. your stuff on your story. Yeah, I, every so every now it. and then I'll post it if, if it's relevant to me writing or whatever, I'll post it. Mm-hmm. I'll post the crazy TikTok. So cool. I'm so glad we got to talk. I know. So glad to meet you guys. It's been so fun. Don't think we're too weird (laughs) after this. Please. Y'all are my type of weird. So it's all good. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) So at some point we drop some music. And that's the end of the the episode. Okay. Okay. I remember someone so bright then I was really trying not to cry then I was really hugging you goodbye then You can have my MP3 when I'm dead Play the shit and listen to what I said